Good, good. So the one that we are, the one that we are modified from, what are we using? The New Hampshire, that's right, 1853. What was the name of the convention that the New Hampshire came out of? Don't give me the long one. Give me the, the one that we said it would be. What'd you say? Trilineal. Very good. Very good, Carson. That's right, Trilineal Convention, because they would meet every three years. And they met, anybody remember, 1814? Was it 1814? Right, in Philadelphia. Richard Furman, president. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right, so so we, we, we covered that, and, and we talked about why. Right, we asked the question, why do we need a statement of faith? So, so let's hear it. Why do we need a statement of faith, right? So if you were sharing this with somebody, and they asked you, Mary, why, does, why is this important for a church? Why is, this something, why is this important for me to agree? Can't I just join? What would you say? No, go ahead. It's a proclamation of the biblical truth. Like it shows the different biblical truths that the church. Yeah. Keep going. There are a lot of them. Um, The church needs it because it's helpful for the teachers, so they can. Good. They can be pointed to as something the church believes, and it's the allying document of the church, and it's also a gift to a visitor, so that. they know what we believe, and it's all very accessible, and they don't have to ask any questions. Very good. She's reading off her computer quite a bit, yeah. but that's really good. No, that's great. She made a PowerPoint. I made a PowerPoint. So very good. That's good. Now we can use it at the new members class. This is good providence here. All right, so actually we're, we're just doing all this to catch you up, so... So we so, but but listen now 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 we remember. There you go. So so now now we know right. This is this is really this is really important right. We and, and another thing I think we could also say because we love truth. We love truth and and, and we want to be very open with what we believe, um, and what we believe the Bible has revealed to us. And it's a very simple way for us to share really quickly to you all to whoever it is that this is what we what we believe. And, and any member, any person who, a uh, prospective member that wants to join, must adhere to this, must believe these things. Right? right. Very good. And, and I, I think, not I think, but we also must be prepared if someone says, well, I don't want to agree to it. Why can't, why can't I still be a member? You know, we must be willing to say, you can't. That's that what's what makes, this is, this is what we have said for our church. This is what it means to be a member of Sovereign Grace, right? There's probably other places you can go and if you don't want to agree to this, you know. Um, and, and truthfully, what you would want to do is I would want to dig deeper. I would want to know why. Well, what is it? You know, is it the deity of Christ? Because then we got bigger problems, right? Or is it, you know, something else? Or is it the scripture? Or, you know, or, you know, they may have a, a universalist view of things, right? And and, and therefore would be a detriment to, to many other churches, including our own. So, so it, it exposes, it up exposes the truth, uh, uh, false belief and things like that. So very good. So this is what we're going for. So we talked about of the scriptures, the very first point. We got about halfway through it, but we will uh, definitely read it again. And uh, I believe we were on point four. Is that right? We, did we do point four, Miss Karen? Do you remember? We did point. What was the one that we said? Let's do this one real quickly. It was that one. Okay. 
I knew we probably couldn't do inerrancy quickly, but Revelation we did. All right, so so let's let's read the whole thing. Carson, read the whole the whole point for us, please. We believe that the Holy Bible was written by men, divinely inspired, and is a perfect treasure for heavenly instruction. That it has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. That are those the principles by which God would judge us, and therefore is and shall remain to the end of the world the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct, creeds, and opinions should be tried. All right, very good. So in those those first four points, do we have any questions, comments? We need to go back on any of those four points. Okay. Um, what I'm doing is next to each one of the numbers, you know, with the scriptures, I'm, I'm writing kind of the, the theological term that kind of corresponds to that point. So if you want to write those down, that might help. So one, I have inspiration. Um, two, I have um, purposes, the purposes of the Word of God. Um, number three, I have inerrancy. And, and then number four, I have revelation. Revelation. Which from there, we were thinking, you know, from the general to specific revelation of God. The word of God is the specific revelation of God. Um, and this fifth one is what we're going we're gonna to start with tonight. And this one's unity. It's I-N-E-R-R-A-N-C-Y. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so unity, right? Unity. So point five says, and therefore is and shall remain to the end of the world to the true center of Christian union, right? So we're talking about the the uh, um, the unity of of Scripture. The center of of the Christian faith is the Word of God. Um, I totally want to. Chase a rabbit right now, and I really shouldn't. Turn big. I can't. No, I can't. It, you guys can. You can. You can go look it up. But, but did you hear the the Pope declare the year of jubilee started? I heard that. And and he's offering mercy. And uh, I love the tweet by um, Jared Wilson. It says, "How nice how the Pope is offering mercy to to everyone that will accept it." And he said, no thanks, Jesus already gave me mine. Yeah. I love that. I was yeah. like, thank yeah. you. I don't need to go through your hidden door in the Vatican to, to be forgiven. Um, anyways, go to the Gospel Coalition. There's a great article on it. You can, you can look it up. But, uh, in, in the same vein, it's, it's, it's that point, I would, you know, it just, it, you know, we got a wonderful statement from Pope Francis that said, understanding that there, there's a whole world of people out there who call themselves Christians, do not accept this. Do not believe this. Yeah. Do not teach this. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, hate this. Yeah. Uh, so this, yeah. This is this is a small, narrow is the way kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason why I chased that rabbit there and, I, and it hit my mind was be, because of that. Yeah. Um, because they have other authority that they turn to, such as the Pope being their authority. And, and where we would look at Scripture and say, no, this Scripture, sola scriptura, this is our authority. And all of Christianity hinges upon that. And, and if you, 
um, if you chisel out on that foundation at any point or at any level, it crumbles. It, it really does. And if you if you deny inspiration, even though even though Scripture's clear on inspiration or or the inerrancy or its purposes or, or its authority, which we'll get to next, you, you chisel away at any one of those areas, and and Christianity falters. Um, uh, and, and, and truthfully, it just kind of becomes a waste of a waste of time, um, in, in a sense. So, not in a sense, it, abs- it absolutely is. So, so we we believe the scripture to be true. So it is it is our authority. It's where we it's where we go, and that's actually our next point. But um, but that that's where our our unit that's where our unity is is centered on, right? We've, we've we talked about that in um, in Ephesians four, right? That's where our our unity. Is in our is in our calling. You guys remember that? I'm trying to remember these points from that sermon. Is our it was in our calling. It was in our it was in our doctrine. It was in knowing Christ, right? You remember that? And where did all those things come from? Sola Scriptura, right? And and so this is this is what we we center on. So our unity is a Scripture. Um, can you go to First Corinthians uh, one? First Corinthians one ten, and and read that for us. Carson, you go to 1 John 4, 1. Mary, would you go to Acts 17, 11? Just kind of getting us ahead of, ahead of time. Go ahead and read 1 Corinthians 4. Just, just verse 10. Just verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Amen. In that same mind, that same judgment in which we are united in, is the word of God? Is in the word of God. Very good. Any any questions on that? I, I think one um, one thing I can say about the, the Bible, in a sense, that we are, uh, I think we should be very grateful for. Uh, and I remember this a couple years ago. I uh, uh, had this uh, hearing and hearing it talked about in a conversation at a conference I was at is how grateful it is for for most of us we were taught that the bible is its authority like it is a, it is god's word i mean it was never a doubt and and every which way you may have a scholar and academic guys telling you other which way and you, you probably not have encountered any of that and praise god you don't need any of that that garbage and you know textual criticisms and and uh jdps and all that mess you don't need to mess at all that um and and the reason why is because god has been so kind and very merciful because Mama told you that this is God's word, and if Mama said it was so, then it's true. I had to Amen to that. Out, so. <laughs> Your Mama didn't tell you. Come on, man. No, no, I'm teasing. But you know, I was listening to R.C. Sproul one time, just telling you how you know not every place is like that. That when he was his home church growing up was a church that taught a lot of the stories in the Bible were myths. Yeah, they just were just stories. They're yeah. Just, yeah, we we visited a, a, a church on um, when I was in college. We went to Williamsburg, Virginia, on on Christmas, and we were there during, on Christmas Day. And so we went to a church for Christmas Day service, and it was right across the street from William Mary. I mean, just really old, old school church and uh, Baptist church. And we walk in, and the guy's preaching, and his topic of his sermon I, I remember vividly was Mary really wasn't a virgin. The whole Christmas morning service was about denying the virgin birth. Can you imagine the audacity on Christmas morning? We don't have salvation. Now. The audacity of Christmas morning 
is to deny the <laughs> the virgin birth on Christmas morning. And I, I just remember going, what? And like, this isn't the Baptist churches that I'm used to. Um, but but very much, we should be very grateful for the for the things that we have we have learned uh, uh, from that. So very much. All right, so that's point five. Let's look at point six. And the supreme standard says, and the supreme standard authority, right? Here's point six. Supreme standard by which all, pretty inclusive there, human conduct, creeds, and opinions should be tried. So what does that mean? So it's our supreme standard. So we're going to say that it's our authority in which our conduct, which we can put all of our behavior, our actions, our creeds, meaning everything that we believe, and then our opinions, whatever we think, right? I think, my opinion, right? I believe, boom, it is all, it is all to be in subjection to the word of God. Right? And so if we have an opinion, if we have a belief, or if we have a behavior that is not in line with Scripture, what are we then to do with that action, belief, or behavior? Repent. Repent. Right? Make sense? Because it is our supreme authority. Right? Uh, I, I like um, uh, Bill's little il- illustration about this. We don't we don't come we don't come to the Word of God and say yeah, but. And, and no matter how we feel, like we we feel a lot of things that are contrary to the Word of God, don't we? I I know God says don't get angry here, but I don't care. I'm mad. I'm justified in my anger. Right? I mean, you see, you guys see what I'm saying. On, on, on whatever it may be, insert anger, insert lust there, insert uh, materialism, insert what you might want to believe about Jesus that feels a little bit better, whatever it may be. Um, it is our authority. It is our authority, right? You know, Ben, that's, that's, that was the one big hang-up with me when I was battling or going through um, Reformed theology versus yeah. Armenian. And uh, it's just, it just went against what I believe or what the way I felt things should be. And yeah. it spoke against the truth. Though. Yeah. And yeah. So, it's what know. because the Bible they kept coming back. Well what does yeah. the Bible say? Well what does the Bible because say? Well what does the Bible yeah. say? Because you I believe Amen. we're born Armenian basically. Yeah. And uh, it, it was just it, it, I mean it was tough. But, Amen. But. Amen. All right. So here's point six authority. Who had first John four one? Go for it, Carson. First John four one. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Did y'all catch that? Mm-hmm. They're still going out. Test, right? So we're we're taking our feelings, right? And aren't feelings like number one? If you don't feel a certain way, you have a right to make everybody else miserable, right? If you don't. You don't you don't feel like you're safe, then you got right, you can make everyone else feel miserable until you do, right? And feelings number one right now. Think about that. Everything is to be tested. Everything is to be tested by the Word of God, 
and, and praise the Lord, we have, we have each other to help in that too. To point each other to the scripture. Right? I don't feel this way. What does the Bible say? And they're like, oh. Right? Testing it all. Acts 17, Miss Mary. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Amen. And those were the Bereans, correct? Those were the Bereans. And you have to go to Acts 17 and, and, uh, and check that out. Um, and, and here we have the Bereans who, who had the Apostle Paul preach the gospel to them. And the Bereans went back and tested it. And what did they test it to? How they felt? What did they test it to? To the scriptures. To the scriptures. To see them to be true. Amen. Why and why? They went to the authority, to the supreme standard for all of their conduct, their action, and their belief. Very good. Very good. Amen. I hope that we can say that we believe these things. Absolutely. I hope that we can say that we believe this of the scripture. Um, because it is absolutely important uh in and and Definitely for all the points that come after this, right, is going to be pointing to the scripture, pointing to the scripture. So, very good. Of the scripture. Let's look to of the true God. Pastor Bill, would you read that second point for us, please? We believe that there is one and only one living and true God, an infinite, intelligent spirit, whose name is Yahweh. <laughs> the maker and supreme ruler of heaven and earth, inexpressibly glorious in holiness and worthy of all possible honor, confidence, and love, that in the unity of the Godhead there are three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, equal in every divine perfection and executing distinct and harmonious offices in the great work of redemption. Amen. All right, so we have six more points here in, in our discussion about uh, the, of God and the, the nature and doctrine of God. And a lot of these should be pretty, um, uh, pretty rep, rep, repetitious for us because we've covered a good eight weeks or so of, of the doctrine of God. So, so reading that first statement, right, we believe that there is one and only one living and true, God, an infinite intelligent spirit whose name is Yahweh, the maker and supreme ruler of the of heaven and earth, right? So what would be the one word or the one phrase or what would you use to describe that first point? It's always interesting to me that this is the very point where you will, you will most frequently and most determinedly encounter people's so tell me what you think then. Sovereignty of God. <laughs> okay, yeah. sovereign God. Just people say that doesn't feel right. Yeah. That can't be right. Okay. Anybody else have another word? Okay. Okay, what do you think? No, I'll, I'll just I'll amen. Okay. Amen to what All right. I, I put doctrine of God because I think it just covers all those 
all those things, although the whole thing is doctrine of God. Um, yeah. Uh, so so look, with the, look how it's describing, right, how, how this statement describes God, that there is one and only one living and true God. He's infinite. He's intelligent spirit whose name is Yahweh. And why would you say Yahweh instead of Jehovah? Because we ain't German. <laughs> there you go. Very good. The maker and supreme ruler of heaven and earth. I like sovereign there. It's good. It's almost like that word intelligent. You know okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because when I think of intelligent, I think of a, a man. I think of a finite. It's almost like I want to say, um, oh, what is it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, all knowing. Yeah, all knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the, uh, what was the word that we used in our eight week to study? There was another one, not just. Omniscient. Um, oh my gosh! Do you remember? Anybody remember? <laughs> Go back. Go back and see if you can find it. I mean, does that? I mean, that's just me. Yeah. Yep. 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 And it would be incommunicable. Okay. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. In incommunicable attributes. Okay. So, infinite, intelligent going to get a good definition there, whose name is Jehovah, maker, supreme ruler of heaven and earth. John chapter 4. Miss Susan, go to John 4 there. Miss Diane, can you go to Psalm 147.5? If your Bible works on that thing. She's, uh, she's struggling. Is that the one he stepped on? No, uh, <laughs> that one no longer works, I promise. Okay. Miss Karen, can you look for Romans 1, verse 20? We don't need to do any more. I have Jeremiah on there, too. Uh, you know what? Here's the other word that I wrote down. Supremacy. Mm-hmm. Supremacy of God. Did you find it? Mm-hmm. That, was after, uh, that was before I started bringing my laptop statement. It was before oh, Christmas. Yeah, it was before. <laughs> I probably got them on here somewhere. All right, so John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Amen. Psalm 147.5. Praise our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Sovereign, supreme. Very good. Romans 1. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature. Ah, very good. Very good. Did you find it yet? There was some, there was some fancy word that I used. I may have had it pages. Which, by the way, we need to talk about Dropbox. Okay. <laughs> All right. So there's, there's point one, right? There's a lot of the things that we covered. 
They believe that there's one living God. We, we cover a lot of those. Supreme maker. So we're, we're saying he's the maker of all things, creator of the universe, supreme ruler. He rules all things. There's, there's not one thing that, uh, um, that, that God is not sovereign over. Um, a couple, maybe last week, I was reading something that was just a little devotion thing that Desiring God does. And one of the things that was really encouraging was was encouraging me to, to us to not be fearless. Um, fearlessness is is trusting in the sovereignty of God. That everything that takes place that would make you fearful are all things that God has granted to take place. And if He's granted those things to take place not to destroy you, then why do you have to be fearful? It may hurt. It may have uh, thing, but to be to, be, to not have fear, and to not have fear. Is to be faithful. Is to have faith. That's good. Anyways, uh, and because he is supreme ruler over all things, heaven and earth, right? And and when we say heaven and earth, we're not just talking about you know, um, you know, just the earth and heavens. He's talking all of the heavens, right? All of the the universe, um, all the places that we think we know about, and more, right? Um, very good. So let's look at point uh, point number two. Please. Yes. His name is Yahweh, and how do we know that? In the Bible. Because he said, "I am." And and so so God once again, this is God's sovereignty. He claims His own name, and and it's it's His to claim. And so it's the. I really want to. I would really like to see the the tetragrammaton there. Just the. Four, four Hebrew letters that that constitute God's name. It's, uh, the, the, the Jews always said it's unspeakable. Mm-hmm. They would never, they would never say that word. And so there's, um, it's it's a very holy, very holy, unique, separate. Um, We um, we brought that up in our discussion in in the uh, in the Psalms on on Sunday night, and you'd be delighted to know that two of the young ladies remembered the Tetragrammaton quite well. Very good. All right, let's go to point two. Any questions on that one? Very good. Semicolon inexpressibly. What does that mean? Inexpressibly. You, can, you cannot express it. <laughs> you can't even express it. It's, it's too much. Um, breathtaking. You know? Um, and, and of course, look at the context. Inexpressibly glorious in his holiness. So we're talking about his holiness, and holiness is what? The, the setting apart. The, the purity of God, the separatenesses of God, the, the, the righteousness of God, and, and it's inexpressibly glorious. Right? So have you ever had a breathtaking moment when you first walk up to the South Rim at the Garion Canyon, if you've ever been there? Or maybe when you've, when, uh, you know, I, I think maybe when you've, you know, when you have a baby, and you first see your child for the first time, that's just breathtaking. Better than the Grand Canyon any time. Better than the Grand Canyon, yeah. Completely unique. 
right? I mean, think, think about that. God's holiness is inexpressibly glorious. I, I love that language. It sets what we are putting at the mountaintop. God's holiness. I love that. Amen. And I think we had we had a good couple weeks of six or so weeks of uh, R.C. Sproul teaching us about the holiness of God, right? And and kind of helps set that for us, right? Helps set that that stage uh, for us on 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 that. I'm still kind of look. I'm doing like two things at once here, people. I'm still looking for that word because it's going to drive me nuts. Um, uh, Kenny, Exodus 15. Abby, you're going to go to 1 Peter 1. Mary, Mark 12. Susan, Matthew 10. Just kind of getting us ahead of things here. Right, Exodus 15. Verse 11. Yes, sir. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Amen. There it is, Exodus 15. First Peter? 15, 16, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it says there, yeah. But as he who called you is holy, you also... You also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Amen. Holiness of God. We covered a lot of weeks of that, so we're not going to belabor that, but uh, inexpressibly glorious in holiness. What is your theological word for that one? Holy. holy. Just holy? Okay. I wasn't sure if there was another. Capital H, holy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number three, and worthy of all possible honor, love this, confidence and love. We would put something weak there, like just like trust or something, right? But confidence, worthy of all, worthy. Deserving. You found it? What was it? Omniscience. I never could say it. Omnispacent? Omnispacent? Yeah. Well, O-M-N-I-S-A-P-I-E-N-C-E. That's communicable, knowing it. Possessing all wisdom, applying knowledge, doing what is best always. Is that not the right word? Yes. Omnispatient. Yep, that's wisdom. Yep. Which is particular use of knowledge. Yep, there it is. It's sitting right in front of me now. All right. So, <laughs> we knew it. We knew it. Testing everyone. All right. So, uh, worthy, deserving, right? I mean, if, he's, if, if he is God, if he's sovereign, if he is supreme, Supreme ruler of the heaven and earth, Jehovah the great I am, Yahweh, the living and true God, infinite, intelligent, inexpressibly glorious in his holiness, then absolutely is he worthy of all possible 
of all possible honor, confidence, and love. So any way that we can give glory to God, we do so. All possible honor, confidence, trusting, leaning in, faith, love. I, I like how it says love there. Right? It's that we're not just we're not just worshiping a, a, a far off king because he's king. But he's worthy of our love. He's worthy of our of our of our of our, our love, our, our the breathtakingness right of it, right? And, and, and God does that. His heavenly father does that. Of our love. So Mark twelve. I have uh, glory slash worship is my word wordage that I have here. Um, you could pick one or two or use both of them. But Mark uh, Mark twelve. Who have Mark twelve? Mark twelve thirty. Yes, ma'am. Sounds familiar. Who said that? Jesus. Jesus. And it's in the Bible, so Jesus said it either way. Amen. That's right. Love the Lord, your God, with pretty much everything. I'm going to TNIV that for a second. Love the Lord, your God. He is deserving and worthy of all glory and all worship. Matthew 10, 37. Okay, is that red letters? Because I don't think Jesus said that. This That's pretty harsh. This is not a red letter edition. Amen, amen. All right, uh, we yeah, Jesus said that. Then you know, uh, Presbyterian Bibles they don't have anything in red. <laughs> Seriously, they don't print. Yeah. It's all yeah. God's word. Yeah, none of mine. Well, I can't say none of them do, but um, yeah. So look what Jesus says here. This is pretty harsh, right? This is the kind of part of Jesus that people don't like so much because most of us love our parents, right? And I know we got some parental relationships going on up in the air, so we don't want to be too, too offensive. But, 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 but what, is, what, is Jesus, what is Jesus getting at here? What is Jesus getting at here and saying? He's not okay. telling you actually be like, I hate you, Mom, but it, it's, it, your teacher. love for Jesus should overshadow that completely. Like, you okay. should love Jesus more than you could ever love All right. another human. All right. Anybody want to build on that? Change that? <laughs> bring it. <laughs> You've said that to me. You, that's how you described it, so bring it. <laughs> Anybody? How, how encouraging do you believe that would be in our context, maybe it's a little hard to understand, but but how how encouraging would that be to um, to a brother and sister in Christ who was raised in a Muslim family, encountered by the gospel, and Lord graciously saved them, and the family is threatening to completely disown them? He's worthy of our worship and all adoration, right? Um, very good. Did we look up Jeremiah two? Did, did I call anyone? Did I call that one out? Okay. No. You got it. Oh, okay. 
Jeremiah. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. All right. So what is he getting at here? What's, what's, being, what's being said here? Because what have the people what is what did the people do? They forsook. They forsook. Yeah. They forsook God. That's right. And and how did they show that? What did they do? Okay. Go go back to point one of our of our thing. What did they do? They disobeyed. They neglected the supremacy. The supremacy of God. The word of God. Right. The word of God. They neglected. The word of God. And, and look what they have done, right? And so because of that, they, they've gone. This is what man does, right? Man is, man is uh, not created to worship. Man is creating, is being created and is worshiping always. We're worshiping something, right? And so, so that worship that was meant to be directed toward, toward God, they were created and directed toward God. God drew them in, made them their people, made them his people. And I'll, I will be your God. You will be my people, I will put my name upon you, and I'll give you my laws. You know how to worship me. And here's Jeremiah telling us that this is what they've, they've committed two evils. They have forsaken me in the fountains of living water, right? The living water, where they'll be satisfied, right? What Jesus said, right? This is, these are words what Jesus said. And they hewed out cisterns for themselves, meaning they went to other places to find satisfaction, find joy, to find love, and confidence, and honor. They went and hewed out other one. He says, "What is it? They're broken cisterns, and they hold no water, which means they'll never satisfy." Kind of like Jesus with the woman at the well. He says, "I'm the living water." That's right. Yeah, I think I think he's pointing yeah. to this uh, uh, absolutely. Um, and and this is this is what man does. This is what man creates for himself and herself. This is what we do. When we neglect what matters most, what the Lord has given. And, and so we were, right, this is what we're to do. And so we've, we've kind of made a progression of what we're supposed to do, and then what Jesus said in Matthew 10, and then what we have in Jeremiah 2. Very good. Questions on that? So our worship is directed to God. Now let's go to point three. I mean four. Apologize. For that in the unity of the Godhead, there are three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Spirit. Let's, uh, what would you name this one? The Trinity. Very good. The Trinity. Right? Here we are. We have, um, we have uh, some text here. So, uh, Carson, look up Matthew 28. Abby, go to John 15. We have the Trinity here. Right, that in the unity of the Godhead, right, this one God who exists in three persons, there's there's this unity of the Godhead of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Matthew twenty eight, verse nineteen. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, once again, Jesus, the command, right, the command of going into the world. 
and baptizing them, don't, not just in my name, but in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Which is the, the, the unity of the Godhead, the, the Trinity, the three in, uh, three in one there, Father, Son, and, and Holy Ghost, right? So Jesus affirming the Trinity, right? Jesus affirming the Trinity. John 15, I love John 15, by the way. Go ahead. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to, send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. All right, everybody look that passage up. Because this is kind of confusing when you just listen to it, but look at the progression. Look how he, how he explains this. But when the Helper comes, who's the, who's the Helper? The Paraclete? The Holy Spirit. Right? Just say Paracletes, and there it is. Think you're speaking Greek. The Helper, right, is the Holy Spirit. So now we know. So when the Holy Spirit comes, whom I, who? Who's I? Who's speaking? Jesus, Jesus whom I will send to you from, from the Father. Right? So the Holy Spirit will come when I send the Holy Spirit to you, and the Holy Spirit is coming from the Father, right? The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will do what? Bear witness about me. There, there is some serious unity of the Godhead going on right here, isn't there? They're not, you know, off doing their own thing. This isn't... This isn't Jesus going away and then he turns into the Holy Spirit and then he comes back as the Holy Spirit like Jesus is existing in us as the Holy Spirit and, and all that. No. Right? This is a three distinct in unity uh, uh, um, Godhead. Right? And, and they are working together in unity. Right? We're actually gonna, that's actually going to be point five. Unity of, the, of the, the Trinity. Unity of the Godhead. And, and they're, they're working together. Look at that. Like there, and you see, we remember that in passage, like Jesus says nothing out. He says, I say nothing that the father doesn't grant me or tell me to say, right? I do nothing outside of what the father says. So look at the, the, the submission and the, 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 the loveliness of the, of the Trinity, which by the way, we'll talk about the Trinity just for a moment, right? That's a marker of the church, isn't it? Church kind of resembles in a sense, the unity and the joy that is found that exists in the Trinity. Right? They're not arguing back and forth. Right? They're not, they're not like, and angry. They're in unity together. Very good. So here's the, here's the Trinity. They're, they're distinct persons. Still distinct with distinct roles. This is actually going to be point six. So there's distinct roles to each of the the persons of the of the the Godhead, but yet, um, but yet still, still one. Mind blown? Yes. 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 Try to make a little illustration. Call it an egg. Call it an ice cream cone. It doesn't work. You'll end up in heresy, by the way. And why? Because it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's, it's, it's those things that we were talking about God. You know, go back to Romans 11. It's, it's, an ex, it's inexhaustible. Who can fathom your ways, O oh God? Who can understand you? 
And, and you know, when, even when we, when we will uh, uh, be with Him for all eternity, we will still not Amen. grasp the full depths of our God. Well, that, yeah. They want to become their own God and do away with the one that they have to do with now. Um, here's the Trinity. Amazing. It, it's, and we don't want to throw it off, right? We don't throw the Trinity off. Right? We believe this. Here it is, right? I mean, the, the, the word Trinity may not be in the Bible, but it's certainly the concept. The truth of the Trinity is right here. Here it is. Uh, all right, let's go to point five. We're definitely going to try to finish this point before we go. Here we go. Point five. Equal and divine perfection. Right? Here we go. Equal and divine perfection. Someone go look up John 10.30. Uh, who was in John last time? Okay, go for it, Kenny. Uh, we, won't, we'll, we won't read any others. You can use uh, those. John, is, and there's just a, a plethora in John, by the way, of, of talking about the Trinity. And there's a reason why. Because John's purpose is for what? Anybody know? Bill should know. And I think Miss Mary should know. And Miss Karen probably should know. I write these things to you so that you may believe in the... Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that, what's that? And they would believe, right? And they believe it. And, he's, and that's why he's, so he's given us this detail of who God is because he wants us to believe it very much. All right, so John 10.30. Go ahead, Kenny. I am the Father of one. <laughs> Basic. Boom. Right there. Right? Look at that. The, 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 the unity, the coexistence of, of it. Um, in Hebrews, uh, it's not on here, and it, and it should be, but in, in Hebrews, it, it says that, I think it's, uh, it's Hebrews 12, maybe, maybe 4. Uh, it says that the Jesus, is Jesus Christ is the fullness of God revealed. You want to see God the Father? Pursue Christ. Seen the Father. Amen. Amen. Look at that. I and the Father, and then there's there's and, and they, we have other passages here that, that actually unpacks more of that when talking about the Spirit. And and so um, they're not in um like one is not a subpar to the other. I'm trying to really be careful with my language. Uh, they're not in, you know, one's not lesser than the other. They're 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 equal. But in point six, they have different roles. And so there is a there is a very unique submission in the uh, in the Godhead. Now we think submission, we think negative, right? If somebody's submitting to me, that means they are lesser than me. We gotta get that out of our heads. Because that's not true. That's not biblical. Because you submit to the elders doesn't mean you're less. Because a, the wife submits to her husband, it doesn't mean she's less. In essence, she's as equal, right? Co-heirs, son of gods, right? They adopted as sons of God, right? Dude, don't do that. Ken. I'm, I'm actually giving you a prequel to it in a couple weeks when we get to that part in chapter 5 of Ephesians. Um, but, but, they, but they're in submission, right? Because look, Jesus does not speak on his own. He doesn't go off and do his own thing. He doesn't assert his will. Not my will be done, but your will, O God. Father, I think he says, but, but your will be done. Right? And the Holy Spirit doesn't come until who sends him? Jesus sends him. Amen. 
they all have unique roles. It's a very important word I want you to roles, not two L's, so we're not talking about yeast rolls. <laughs> roles. As we all have unique roles, we have been created with unique roles. Now, Jesus wasn't created, so we're not, and the Holy Spirit wasn't created. They're coexistent. Go to Colossians 2, Colossians 1, the preeminence of Christ. All right? All right? But there's unique roles. Look at the unique roles of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we don't want to neglect either on any of them, right? Right? So we, we want to be Baptists who, who know the Holy Spirit, know Jesus, know God the Father. Don't want to neglect them. I think in that, in that discussion of submission that, that we have to look at Philippians 2 because here it's, it's said to us that this mind be in you yeah. which was also in Christ Jesus and it speaks of his submitting himself, his obedience to the Father and then you know, just uh, it's so emphatic that he was obedient even unto death Amen. and so this idea that you're saying that you know that submission is In these roles, yeah, yep, and we'll 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 talk about a lot of those those roles and and what they look like in relationship to one another, and family, and church, and and stuff like that. So so very much when we when we when we take on those those God created roles for our life as a man or as a woman or as an elder or as a deacon or as a church member, whatever it may be, whatever when we take upon those things. We are once again showing, we are, we are showing the Godhead to the world. That's right. And our world needs to see the Godhead. Our city needs to see the Godhead. They will know me by how you love one another. Count others greater than yourself. Submit to one another. <laughs> I think we've seen that in Ephesians somewhere. Amen. This is good. I love this.